Hello. Hey. Thank you. Oh, we should say, I'm Megan. This is Megan's voice. I'm Carly. That's Carly's voice. Hello. She's the one who doesn't enunciate, and I'm the one with vocal fry. (laughs) Thank you. We're both trained actors. Oh, damn. You really call me out right now. (laughs) That's my thing as an actor, though. I rush, and they're like, what are you, what are you saying? Mm. Oh, my God. I had coaching a couple weeks ago for our senior showcase. Um, I was super nervous because, really for a dumb reason, so we had to wear what we were planning on wearing for the showcase, and... Uh, I bought this dress online and I thought it was really cute, but I hadn't tried it on yet. So in real life, I looked like a hooer. So I was just nervous and like I couldn't move or else like you'd just see every part of my body. Oh no. Um, so then I just like did the monologue really fast and she was like, take the dress off and slow down. And I was like, I hate myself. And then you had to be naked, which is even worse. Mm, or I had to <laughs> change back into jeans, but okay. Cool. Good yeah. story. What monologue are you doing? As you like it. Hmm. The Rosalind one. I cannot get over what perfect casting you are for Rosalind. Thank you. Because you're tall and goofy. Shakes is doing As You Like It, but oh, hell I guess yeah. there's a musical version. I saw that. Yeah, you should be it's in good. that. Uh, no, I mean, I saw that they were doing it. I didn't see mm. the musical. Um. Oh, we should... Okay. Literally, we're just talking shop right now. Like, hello, podcast people listening to me working out logistics of our podcast. We should talk about, we should plug ourselves at the end and, like, things that we're doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll do I mean, that I'm later. not doing anything, but, you know. I'm doing a couple things coming up, so I'll plug them at the end. Okay, good. Keep, keep yourselves in suspense. Okay. Um, what else? I feel like we have no, like, beginning at this one, because we're recording it right after the last one. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I was I making a weird face. Seen your face like, like you're doing literally, that. if I Skype someone, we're on Skype, by the way, because we live in different countries. If you forgot the premise of this podcast, um, I literally just stare at myself in the tiny screen the whole time I that too. I Skype. Like I, I don't do look at you, I just look at myself. Thanks. Well, and I say unkind things to myself. <laughs> okay, you weirdo. Why is your face so red? Wait, why? Why are you upset that your face is red? You're literally drinking a gin and tonic. Like, of course your face is going to be red. Well, I'm not, like, getting drunk. I don't know. My face is usually red, though, so. Anyways, um, do you have anything else to say? Um, no. Um, We don't have as much as an intro this time, I guess, since we just... No. I will say the reason that I wanted to record these two in a row is because next weekend I'm going to, as people on this side of the pond say, a hen do, or as people on our side of the pond say, a bachelorette party. Ooh. Next weekend. I'm going back to Mother England. Very Weren't excited. You just in England? Oh, I was just in England. I'm going back to London, oh. though, which I haven't been oh. in, in since, since October. I'm going to see some of my friends that I haven't seen since I graduated Yay. from Lambda. And then we're going to go to Margate on the seaside. And then the weekend after that, I'm going to be in Kansas City filming a short film. So, like, this isn't happening again for a while. (laughs) Unless we do it on a weeknight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry, I'm Dude, that trip we took to London to visit you over the summer was so fun. It was really hot, though. Everyone seemed to be... Oh, my God. 
I had those tan lines for months. Oh we went on a, was we so went on a boat burnt. tour of the oh, Thames, fuck. and like England's not supposed to get hot, right? It got hot, and yeah. we got so burnt. I do. I don't do well in extreme temperatures. Really, in any uncomfortable situation. Good that you're living in Chicago. I just kind of pass away, and on that fucking boat tour, I, <laughs> I thought I was gonna die. Mm. Oh my god, I was so burnt. Yeah, you you were. Oh man. And then every time I would start peeling my shoulders, you'd Blech. scream at me. Shouldn't peel yourself. Well, this fun. is the riveting content. This is why people <laughs> listen to our show. Thank you. Let's rehash our family vacation from last year. Ready? Go. I sang karaoke. You did. <laughs> I actually was watching th- like. All right, ego on this bitch. I was watching through my old Instagram stories, and I found that video of you. Oh, my God. We're so boring. I found that video of you where I turn around and tap you in the face with my phone, and you go, you just, you're like, silence, silence. Fuck you! In, like, this weird voice. <laughs> Wait, will you send that to me? Yeah, I will. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. God, uh, we so could post boring. that on the Insta. Oh, yeah. If you make a logo so we can have a profile picture. Ah, yes. Still working on that. I'm not a graphic designer, dude. Just put some text on a background. Like, it doesn't have to be good right now. When we have money to pay an artist... Carly, we'll pay an artist. I support paying your artist friends. So when we have money to pay an artist, we'll do that. And we can just have a temporary one until right now. For right now. Okay, mine is long, so I feel like we should get to it. Let's get into it. I didn't want to do this one yet because I thought I should save it for a special occasion. And then I thought if you got to it first, I would be so mad. This is probably my favorite historical now solved mystery. Is it not scary? Richard III, the king in the car park. Do you not know about Richard III, the king in the car park? I don't know what the car park is. Oh, Carly. Okay, uh... Wait, he wasn't... Wasn't Richard II the one who put the kids in the tower? Or was that Richard III? Richard III, potentially. We don't really know. Okay, so... Okay. All of this comes from... You didn't cite your sources last week. Okay. Fuck! Um, all of this comes from, uh, a lecture that I was physically in attendance for, uh, with Rodney Cotier, the, uh, head of drama school at Lambda. Channel 4 documentary, The King in the Car Park, and also the website of the King Richard III Visitor Center, which I would highly recommend... A, visiting the website. B, if you're in England, visiting the Visitor Center in Leicester. Um, I might, at some point, do a whole episode on the Wars of the Roses, because they're very interesting. Oh, dude, that's, like, what Game of Thrones is based off of. Yes, Yes, I know. Um, But, like, this is gonna take too long, but, like, it's kind of minimum background so that you'll know the thing. So, like, okay, Edward III is the king, right? His grandson, Richard II... So we're back a couple generations. Inherits. Rich- Edward. Okay, Richard II is of the House of York, which, like, I won't get into. But, like, there's the different houses. Okay, just think. Yeah, think Game of Thrones. House of York. Then, um, while Richard III is king, he's, like, kind of a bad king and, like, spending all the money. Um, Henry IV. Oh, my God. It's Robert Baratheon. Carly. Wait. It's not Game of Thrones. They're real. Is he York? It's, it's not the- Game of Thrones. It's real. Okay, Richard II Everything is king. Is he's Game York. And then Henry Bolingbroke. Um, was Lancaster. Steals his throne. Lannister? What do you mean it's not Game of Thrones? Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Okay, Henry, Henry Bolingbroke 
steals the throne from Richard II and becomes Henry IV. And then Henry IV has a kid, Henry V. And then Henry V has a kid, Henry VI. And Henry VI is viewed as, like, a weak king, uh, potentially mentally ill or, like, a little crazy. Not that those two things are equivalent. He was potentially one or the other or both. And he was, like, really into the church and not so much into the, like, manly war king stuff. Plus, the House of York viewed themselves as the rightful rulers anyway, since Henry IV just literally stole the th- crown from Richard II. So, like, they have a point. So what does Richard that sound like to you? Duke of York. Sorry? What does that sound like to you? It sounds like Game of Thrones. Or actually, Game of Thrones sounds like it, because it came first. So Richard Plantagenet, this is literally all background. You really wanted to get your straw sounds in there? I real hate myself. Okay, Richard Plantagenet, Duke of York, which is okay. not Richard III. Everyone has the same two names in this story. Everyone um, has the same two names in England. <laughs> I mean, my, yeah. Uh, Fucking yeah, Henry VIII had six wives, and between them they have three names. That's true. Catherine, 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 Anne, Anne... Jane. Anyways, Richard Plantagenet, not Richard III, thinks that he should be king, and he starts plotting to take back the crown, and then there's a big war, big and complicated. Somewhere along the line, Richard Plantagenet, Duke of York, the guy I was just talking about, dies. So his oldest son, Edward IV, gets the crown, and then throws Henry VI in the tower where he dies. If you go to the Tower of London, you can see the spot that he legendarily supposedly died on. So the York's- I love the Tower of London. I know. So the Yorks are in. It's not fun in the summer, though. No. But so the Yorks are in. We have Yorks on the throne. Edward IV has a bunch of kids with Elizabeth Woodville and uh, includes two sons. Guess what their names are, Carly? You get two guesses. Richard and Edward. Yes. That is their names. So that would make Edward the heir after his dad dies, um, which he does of almost every STD, supposedly. He dies of a lot of STDs. I think it's syphilis. Mostly. It's, I think it usually is in those times. Yeah. Um, I know. You ever seen what syphilis does to your skull? Horrifying. Why? It makes your bones fall apart. Look it up. Okay, so. I'm gonna do it. Hold on. It's, yeah. Syphilis. Skull. Did not spell that right. Skull. Oh, it just, it just makes like holes in your bones. Holes in your skull. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. Ready. Also, hot tip, if you live in London and like creepy historical stuff, um, the Hunterian Museum has a lot of syphilis skulls and other weird bones and like preserved things. I think it might be closed for renovations or was last year, but like just look it up, see when it reopens because it's sick. Anyways, so there's the two sons, right? Edward's, Edward IV is dead. Two sons, Edward and Richard. Oh no, I got confused. Okay, no, wait, wait. Edward, that is dead now had a younger brother named Richard, who will, spoiler alert, become Richard III. Legend tells us he was an evil, evil man with a hunchback and a withered arm. You played him in a play, didn't you? I did, yes. That's badass. Yes. So, obviously, for a long time, this was all sort of subject to debate because we don't really know what he actually looked like or what his actual character was, but some people would argue that Shakespeare painted him in a negative light for dramatic effect. And that the assumptions about his evil character are tied to medieval misconceptions about people with disabilities. Because they're like, Mm. oh, God deformed you. It's a, like, outward representation of your, like, internal wickedness and deformity. Oh. Anyways. According to legend, 
Richard III wants the throne and he has to move fast because little Ed, one of the two brothers, is 13. So the way it worked back then is you could become king when you're 14. And before that, if your father died before that, you would get appointed a Lord Protector, which I think would always be the next in line, like, from your brother. So, like, so, like, here's... I'm trying to explain this with my hands. It's a fucking podcast. People can't see. (laughs) So, like, the oldest surviving brother of the king who died would then become the Lord Protector. So that's Hmm. Richard. So, like, the the person who would be next in line? Yes. What a great idea. Put the person who stands to benefit from your death in charge of protecting you. But, yeah, like, think Hamlet, or fucking Lion King. Oh. Like, Scar. So, okay. Okay. Um... No, I don't know if that's right. Anyways, so Richard III, Big Richard, finds a technicality that will throw... <laughs> big Rich. Well, look, there's Big big Richard, Big Edward brothers, and then Edward's kids, Little Richard, Little Edward. Everyone's Are name is... Are the two boys in the tower? Yes. Yeah, okay, I'm getting, getting there. That's literally my oh, next point. Sorry! So, uh, Big Richard finds a technicality that would throw Big Edward, Edward IV's marriage to Elizabeth Woodville into question, and that would make their kids bastards. So that means they're no longer in line for the throne. Richard gets the boys you thrown in the tower. You know what that sounds like? Game of Thrones? Correct. Yeah, so <laughs> he gets the boys <laughs> thrown in the tower. That leaves himself <laughs> as the heir. And he's crowned king in 1483. He's Richard III. King Big Rich. Yeah, big uh, big dick, if you will. Oh. Um, now, Henry Tudor, who's a Lancaster, is some guy from, like, higher up in the family tree who's been out in hiding. He makes a claim to the throne through his grandmother, so, like, kind of like a squiggly claim, like, up in the chart, the family tree, and he comes to invade. That's not, like, other stuff happened in Richard's reign, but, like, that's kind of the inciting incident to the end of the reign. So Richard, like, Henry invades, there's a bunch of battles. Richard dies in battle in 1485, having been king for just over two years. Henry Tudor, the guy who invaded, becomes Henry VII and marries Elizabeth of York, who's the sister of the boys in the tower, thus uniting, Mm. as they say, the white rose and the red and putting an end to the Wars of the Roses. Yeah? With me? okay. Yeah. And Richard? Legend says he fought bravely at the Battle of Bosworth and went down fighting. His body was stripped naked and put on display in the town of Leicester and was buried a couple weeks later. Ew. Like, weeks. Then they buried him. Basically, no funeral honors since he was seen as a pretender to the throne. And they know, or legend says, that he was buried at Greyfriars Friary slash convent slash, like, monk place. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's happening again. Remember last week how shaky I got? It's happening again. I'm, like, too excited. This is Carly. That was the introduction. Okay! Okay, so. Buried in Greyfriars. Why does that sound so familiar? Are you thinking Blackfriars? No. Don't know. Maybe. Buried in Greyfriars, 1485. Ten years later, it's out in Leicester. So, like, Midlands, Mm. England. Okay, never mind. Ten years later, 1495, Henry VII finally, like, gets over himself, pays for a monument to be made for the grave. Up until that point, there was, like, no nothing. In 1538, so we're skipping forward about 40 years, okay. Greyfriars, the monk place, gets demolished. Presumably the monument is destroyed. Lord, A guy named, well, a 
guy who was mayor, Lord Mayor Herrick, bought the land and began to build a mansion with like elaborate gardens on the site. The original monument by this point is gone, but they still knew at this point in time where the grave was. So they built a new monument to mark the site. And like that was there for a while. But by 1844, that had also disappeared. One legend says that at some point in this 200 year plus span, Richard's body was dug up, thrown off Bow Bridge into the river. And this account was so widely accepted that they actually put a memorial plaque on the bridge that was like, here's Richard. (laughs) Eventually, Herrick's mansion is destroyed. The land's divided up into smaller estates. And throughout the years, the land was home to a boys' school, a bank, some city council offices, and from 1944 onwards, a car park. That That's what English people say, a parking lot. Put up a oh, parking okay. lot. Yeah, car park. Okay. So there's this group called the Richard III Society that are on a mission to, like, repair his reputation. They would argue that Shakespeare maligned his character and, like, history doesn't give him justice and, like, he was a good guy. In... 1975, they release an article that claims Richard is probably buried underneath that car park based on what they know about medieval church layouts and old maps and stuff. Because, like, like there was sort of a formula for medieval churches. Like, they would generally all be laid out the same way. Like, here's the mm-hmm. aisle, here's the altar, here's the, I don't know, other parts of a church. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward... To yeah, because wasn't Anne Boleyn, like, I was trying to, when we were at the tower, I was trying mm-hmm. to figure out where she was buried, because I'm obsessed with her, and all I could find was that, like, a photo of her burial spot on Wikipedia is just a picture of the floor of the church at the tower that you can't go into. So I'm like, is she just buried under the floor? I think people were buried under floors of churches because, like, Shakespeare is buried under the floor of a church. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think that was a thing. Okay. Well, we'll get to where legend says Richard was buried. Okay. So, they they think that he's probably buried under there, but, like, that's kind of speculation at this point. So, we'll fast forward to 2004, 2005. Philippa Langley, who's a member of this Richard III Society does more research and becomes, like, really properly convinced that Richard is there. Around the same time, a guy named John Ashdown Hill announces that he has discovered Richard III's matrilineal DNA sequence through (gasps) two living female descendants of his sister Anne of York. How fucking cool is that? He's the only, like, I don't know, ancient slash medieval monarch that they have the DNA sequence for. We love DNA. Isn't that cool? We love DNA, like, technology. Yeah, so... Okay, fuck yeah. It gets cooler, Carly. Like, I am so excited about this. In 2008, a woman named Annette Carson finds a medieval map that she says confirms that Richard would like be likely be buried under the car park. So they all team up. They find sponsors to finance the dig. The dig. Yeah. The odds at this point of finding Richard were still extremely low. There was evidence to suggest that he would be under the car park because, like I said, medieval churches generally followed the same layout. So if the maps were reliable, that's where he probably would be. But if the maps or their calculations were wrong, he could be under one of the buildings in the area where they didn't have permission to dig. Because, like, obviously they can't take down a building. They can only dig where nothing is built. 
And also, right. what if he actually was dumped in the river hundreds of years ago? Nobody really knows suck. if that's true or not. So, they get permission, and they start the dig in August 2012. If you tell me that they find a body, I'm gonna fucking... Do you literally not know this story? No! Oh my god, it's like my favorite. Okay, August 24th. They have permission to open three trenches, so like long digs, at different areas in the site. Even if the body is still there, and even if this was the site of the church like they think, the odds of finding him within the tiny portion of the area they're allowed to dig in are slim. Okay, how do you know? Well, I don't, like, okay, this is from Wikipedia and from the documentary that Channel 4 made about it. Well, and, like, he might just be in the river, so there's that. Yeah, but, like, at one point they said they have a 50-50 chance of finding the church because medieval maps probably weren't that good. So they, the, somebody said in this documentary, like, they have a 50-50 chance of finding the church and the odds of actually finding his body are 9 to 1 against. Hmm. So, like, it's, if they were to Not find good. something, no spoilers, like, it's crazy. August 25th. The second day of the dig. She is smiling ear to ear right now. Carly, like, this is my favorite story. You've never told me about it. How, how, I'm sure I have. Can it be? August 25th, literally the second day of the dig, they find a pair of human leg bones. They cover them up to protect them and continue the dig. Carly, stop. (laughs) Stop slurping. Wait, over? Wait, okay. are these, hold up. Yeah? Are the leg bones attached to anything? Yeah, like, it's a skeleton. They first find the legs. And Presumably then they find the there's skeleton. a skeleton. But they don't, um, they don't like, exhume it right now. They're like, okay, they, there's a skeleton like, there. Like, put a tarp over it. Yeah, we'll cover like, it up right. to protect it. We'll keep digging. Okay. Over the following days, they keep digging and find more evidence that confirms the layout of the church. The legs that they found lined up with where the choir would have been. Where, according to legend, Richard was buried. August 31st, they're a week in. They get a permit that would allow them to exhume up to six six sets of human remains, depending on what they find. So they're like, because it's a church. That's like so probably, weird. Well, probably a lot oh, of people are buried sense. there. So oh, they're yeah. like, okay, well, let's say we find 20 bodies. We'll only exhume the ones that fit the criteria of men and their So they're like, they're like, hmm... We'll give you any six that you want. Well, yeah. I don't know. Like, well, because there's (laughs) rules about exhuming bodies. Like, we might touch on this in a future episode, but, like, they found two boys' skeletons or two children's skeletons in the tower Mm -hmm. that they think Mm -hmm. are probably the two boys, but they won't, they are not allowed to exhume them and do DNA testing on them. Can we do a quick sidebar what that's all about just for people who might not know that Richard III probably, um... Like, Richard could have killed them, but, like, he had them declared illegitimate, so he really didn't need to. Mm-hmm. So, there, like, some people some would people... argue that Henry VII, who came and took the throne from him, actually had them killed because they would have, like, his claim to the throne was just that he beat Richard in battle. Like, so actually they were more of a threat to Henry VII. So these two boys who are um, a threat for the... Little Edward um, and Little Richard, as little we discussed Edward before. Little Edward and Little Richard, they... Could have, they had a claim to the throne, so either Richard III or Edward, whatever. The fifth. Big Rich or Big Ed. Oh, the fourth. Um, could have, the, they were. Edward the fourth didn't kill them. They were his kids. Well, I don't fucking know, there's so many. Didn't Richard imprison them, though? Yeah, Richard III had them so, declared illegit- illegitimate and thrown and in the tower. And imprisoned in the Tower of London. So, People said. Yeah. 
People said, I mean, there are records of people saying they would see them in the courtyard, they would see them outside, and then they started seeing them less and less until mm-hmm. they disappeared. Carly, like, uh, we no can do this knows. in a future episode. Don't spoil it. <laughs> but, oh, I'm just providing context so people, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, like. No, you're right. Okay. I get infuriated when I think about this, because, like, if we have Richard's DNA sequence, we could theoretically get DNA from these two boy skeletons and confirm whether they are the, actually, the the two boys in the tower, like Edward and Richard, but that doesn't really answer the questions of, like, who killed them. So it's it's actually not that satisfying. But also they, like, they won't do DNA testing on them because, well, also they don't want to set a precedent of exhuming, like, royal bodies and doing DNA testing because if the DNA doesn't match, that could throw the whole royal line into question. <gasps> yeah. So we don't do that. Anyways. <laughs> so. Um, Meghan Markle is quaking. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So we left off with, they have permit to exhume up to six sets of human remains. So they do find no more, more bodies. No less. They find more bodies. None of them really match. So on the 4th of September, they go back to the first body that they found, and they uncover it. They uncover the whole skeleton. Carly. The skeleton's feet were missing. Ah. Its head what? was propped up at an unusual angle, like chin to chest, as okay. if it were hastily buried in a grave too small. Its hands were crossed over at its right hip as if they had been tied together at the time of the burial. It okay. appeared to be the body of an adult male. And Carly, the spine His arms was curved. No, the spine was curved, showing evidence of scoliosis. Okay. What do they say about Richard III? Why are you not as excited as I am? I thought you were going to say, didn't he have a weird arm? Wasn't one of his arms shorter than the other? Or- we'll get into that. But he was historically, legendarily, a hunchback. And this body has scoliosis. Okay. I am shaking. Oh my god. Further investigation. Okay. Puts the age of the skeleton between late 20s and early 30s. Richard III was 32 at the time of his death. Fuck. Carbon dating place the death between 1455 and 1540. As you'll recall, Richard III was killed <laughs> in 1485. Shit. The DNA was a match. I think the <gasps> DNA was a match for the living descendants. They announced in February 2013 that they had found Richard III, a king in a car park. Oh my god. Like, okay, I, this is my favorite, okay, okay, sidebar. They have a museum about this, about Richard his his life as a king, the Wars of the Roses, and the discovery of the body in Leicester, near where he was found. I have been. It's amazing. Highly, highly recommend it. And this following part is the part where I got really emotional because they can tell how he died. Oh, my God. He had wounds all over him, consistent with being in battle, and... The legends say that, like, he lost his horse, right? Like, okay, if you're familiar with the Shakespeare, like, he's calling for a horse, a horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. They support the idea that when he lost his horse, he took off his helmet. There were two possibly lethal wounds, both on his head. One was on the base of the skull. There was a wound Uh from a bladed weapon. And on the right side of his skull, there was an entry wound that lined up with a mark on the inside of the left side. So the skull had oh, been pierced God. all the way through with a Shit. blade 
that went through his brain. That touched the other part. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. There were other marks on the skull and the jaw consistent with dagger wounds. And he had wounds from sharp objects on his legs and his ribs. Damn, it's clear. just fucked him. Right well, up. yeah, he was in battle, and it's clear that the bones support what all the legends say, that Richard III went down fighting. Mm. There are also post, post-mortem injuries, humiliation wounds from the rough treatment of the body. Because he was, like... When hated, you know, like in this days, they believed in the divine right of kings. So, like, basically, if you won the battle, that meant God wanted you to win. Mm-hmm. So that would that means that he's a pretender to the throne. So they're gonna humiliate. Also, something about people with um, uh, I don't know if I can call it a deformity, but disability. You know, his, yeah, you know, his body is unusual. I remember like some people argue that when Anne Boleyn miscarried mm. and. Uh, Didn't she, she have a weird a physically... hand? I shouldn't call it a weird hand. She it, had a, a missing finger, not... potentially? She did, yeah. She had uh, something wrong with her hand. She had a miscarriage, and um, it's thought that the um, fetus had some kind of physical abnormality. Oh, wow. Um, and then there's an argument to be made that the king could have been like, oh, well, like, it's not a king if it, you know, it's not of a king mm. If, mm. if it's imperfect. So... Yeah, they had fucked up ideas about disability then. Right. And I'm sure that does play into, like, why Richard III... And, like, look, Shakespeare exaggerated. I mean, like, it's not just Shakespeare, but it is largely Shakespeare that these that these stories stem from. And Shakespeare definitely exaggerated his physical disabilities. But, like, the point stands that as a pretender to the throne, and you're right, probably as a disabled man in a time when that wasn't really understood... They were gonna, like, they degraded his body mm-hmm. after his mm-hmm. death. So their wounds on the body show that he was stripped of his armor and, like, attacked after he was dead. Since they wouldn't have been able to stab his ribs or his legs while he was wearing his armor. Mm-hmm. There were also wounds on his back and, like, what would have been his butt, basically, consistent with him being dragged behind a horse, just like it says in the legends. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, that's that's the body. It's definitely him. They can tell things from the bones. And then there was some debate about where he should be buried. Supposedly, Queen Elizabeth rejected the idea of giving him an official royal burial in, like, Westminster. So, in 2015, he was reburied in Leicester Cathedral, close to his original resting place. Huh. These bones tell us a lot. They tell us that he did have scoliosis. And that, based on the curvature of his spine, like, you can see pictures of his spine online. It was highly curved. Yeah. We'll put images in. the third spine. Yeah. It was... Yeah. The scoliosis was severe enough that one shoulder would have been higher than the other, contributing to the legend that he was a hunchback. But... They... Sorry, I also find a diagram of what, um... Like, what the, his exterior body would have looked like. Oh, yeah. They did a facial reconstruction. It, like, genuinely looks like the portraits from the time. Wow. I got really emotional about that at the museum. hmm Yeah. But he did not have a withered arm like the character Shakespeare created. Hmm. We know that he did die in battle, and the bones tell us that he went down fighting. Like the poetry and the legends about the Battle of Bosworth say, he was killed by at least one blow to the head. 
and his body was subject to public humiliation after his death. We know lots of other little things, too. We know that he had intestinal worms, probably due to his servants not washing their hands well. Mm -hmm. There are inconsistencies in the DNA that tell us that at some point along the line of York descendants, somebody cheated on their husband and had another man's child. (coughs) We can tell that he ate a lot of seafood, exotic birds like swan and heron, and that he drank a lot of wine. Fuck yeah! But there are still unanswered questions. With everything these bones tell us, they don't tell us whether Richard killed his nephews, the boys in the tower, as legend would have us believe. They don't tell us if the evil character Shakespeare created, cemented in our cultural awareness, holds any truth at all. Hmm. The King Richard III Visitor Center in Leicester, that museum I was talking about, has a room dedicated to scrubbing clean Richard's character and trying to correct the ways he was maligned by history and legend. But, unfortunately... Some of the most intriguing things about this man are things we'll never be able to know for sure. Richard hmm. III, the King of Har Park. So let me ask you, when you played him, yeah. um, did you play him as evil? Or, like, did you know that he might just have been a normal, not well, that like, terrible of a guy? That's a complicated question because, first of all, like, you're not playing histor- I, I, You're not playing the historical you're playing Shakespeare's You're playing person. Shakespeare's creation. But then also, like, you don't play evil. You play his motivations, and you play the way he goes right. after them, but you don't think, hmm, I'm evil. Also... Right, because no one thinks, you know, they're evil. Yeah. They think they're doing right by, you know... By them. Like, they're... Richard thinks he's doing right by himself. And also, mm-hmm. I would... I don't remember. So the, the performance that I did was a... A combination of... there's So there's Henry VI. Shakespeare wrote three plays. Henry VI, parts one, two, and three and Richard III, and that's, like, the Wars of the Roses plays, and we combined them all, cut them down, Rodney Cotier did, into one three-hour play, which he called Margaret of Anjou, who is, who was the wife of Henry VI. Okay. Um, Amazing speeches this woman has. Look them up if you're an actor. But, so, like, because it was a drama school project, they were all shared roles. So one of the, uh, I was one of seven Richard III's. So one of the earlier ones, and I don't actually think this speech comes from the Richard play. I think it comes from one of the Henrys, which is Richard, the character Richard III, his brother, Edward IV, having just exited the stage, he said, he says, would he were wasted marrow, bones and all. And then he gets into how he wishes his brother was dead dead and his brother's kids were dead he and then he says like all these things like well i won't have the crown say richard will not have the crown um well maybe i can get gold maybe i can get women but then no like sort of this and like everyone shits on richard for being deformed air quotes and like it's not a good it's not a good time to be a disabled person Mm -hmm. um it's not fun and also like yeah, it's just not, he's not having a, he's not having a grand old time as a brother to the king. And so, like, mm-hmm. and then he, he kind of thinks, like, there's nothing for me except the crown. And then he gets into this, I can smile and murder whilst I smile. So, like, even, yeah, like, historically, people would say that Richard III is, like, the most evil character in the Western canon. I don't know. That might be a hyperbole. But, like, he's definitely one of Shakespeare's, like, most, most notorious villains, 
but even Shakespeare doesn't paint it as black and white. Like I think there, you, there is a way to pity him and there is a way to see where he's coming from. So I don't know if that answers your question, but also, oh, I played him in the very end. So at the end of Richard III, he has this speech. He's plagued by nightmares, the ghosts of all the people he's killed to get to the, to the throne. Like ghosts are showing up to him in the middle of the night and he sits up from a nightmare and he's seeing ghosts and judgment at every turn. And then Henry VII is there and he goes down fighting and it's, it's, yeah, it is sad. I mean, like, obviously if you're playing a character, you have to have sympathy for them, but, Mm -hmm. um, correct. Even in, even in Shakespeare's version, it's not black and white. If that answers your question. Yeah. Um, wow. That's super cool. And you know what is interesting about that is initially that was a legend that we were then able to prove was true. That really gets me. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, what else, Mm. what other legends have a lot of truth to them? Mm. And might we find out someday? Yeah. I mean, the part that was crazy to me is like that we can actually know, like, yeah, we always knew that he died in battle. That's pretty much a fact. But the fact that like modern bone science, I was about to say, that modern, I guess, like forensic (laughs) stuff can find out how he died like the specific fatal blow from 1485 that's crazy and then like you walk into this room and it's not it's not the real skeleton because the real skeleton is reburied there's like a tomb and everything but like the fact that it's a it's a basically 3d printing like a reproduction of the skeleton you can see the spine you can see the wounds on the skull like he's there and he was real. And I think it's a really cool way of like history becoming tangible in a way that you don't expect things that old to still exist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, I got very emotional when I think about it. Mm-hmm. I just, it, it's one of the coolest things to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope I did it justice. I think you absolutely did. And like, I'm sure we'll get more into this. I'm interested in this period of history. So, like, at some point I might do the Wars of the Roses. That's not really a mystery, but, like, it's intense history. And then, yeah, maybe at some point one of us will do the the Boys in the Tower because I think that's a story that also needs to be told. That's a big mystery. And that one infuriates me because part of it could be solved, but they won't. But also, like, the big part of it could never be solved because we wouldn't know who did it, even if we knew that they were actually them. Mm Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um. Okay. Okay. Well, I miss you. I miss you, too. Oh, my God. Oh. Okay. Well, um, have a good week. Yeah. How much school do you have left? Um, God, two weeks and then finals and then... Oh my god. Graduation. You're very close. Uh, finish strong. You got this. Uh, I'm trying. You can do it. It's really hard to go to my bio lab. It's at 8 a.m. Oof. on Thursdays. And... Oof. Well, then you only have two more, don't you, if it's only on Thursdays? Yeah. You can do it. So You're early. so close, and then you never have to go to bio lab ever, ever again. Okay, you're right. Okay. You're right. All right. Everyone else, if you're in school, finish strong. If you're in work... It will never end. There is no finish. Great. Thank you. So, (laughs) but, yeah, I, there's no but. It will never end. But life is still good. You can learn about Richard III. 
You can mm-hmm. do other stuff you like. Go to the pub. Spend some time yeah. in the sunshine. It's all good. to Chicago. Yeah. We'll be fine. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. So until next time, thanks for listening. Good night. Goodbye. Hey, guys. It's Carly. Thank you so much for listening to our episode today. I really hope you liked it, uh, as does Megan, of course. Yeah, we have some cool life announcements coming up. Uh, Nothing we can report on yet, but uh, can't wait to let you know. You guys can always follow us on our social media stuff, Sisterly Podcast on Instagram. Megan also made a Twitter. Um, I don't remember what it's called, though. You can also email us at sisterlyhistorymysteries at gmail.com. Please, 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 if you can, if you want to, rate, review, and subscribe. I can't believe I just said those words. I feel like I get you. But it really does help us out, you know, to gain some traction and also to, you know, learn what works for you guys, what you like, what you don't. So, yeah, if you have a minute, that would mean a lot. Be honest, but, uh, you know, we're people and this is a, you know, work in progress for us and we're new. So it would help us out a lot. Constructive feedback is great. Things that you love, also great. Uh, okay. Good night.